This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Adolescent Substance Use Screening and Brief Intervention Using the Craft by Dr. John Knight. My name is Dr. John Knight. I'm the developer of the Craft Adolescent Substance Use Screening Tool. The Craft is a widely used brief screener for adolescent substance use, designed for use in busy primary care offices. This video provides information for primary care clinicians who wish to implement the craft screening tool in their practice. It includes a step-by-step -step guide to administering the craft with adolescent patients, as well as training videos of clinicians providing brief counseling adapted for patients at different levels of risk for a substance use disorder. We hope that you'll find this to be a useful resource and we applaud your ongoing efforts to keep our young patients safe and healthy. The Role of Pediatric Care Clinicians Although adolescence is considered a relatively healthy life stage, preventable causes of death, illness, and injury do occur. More than two-thirds of adolescent deaths are due to three causes, accidents, suicides, and homicides, all of which are strongly linked to the use of alcohol and drugs. Therefore, by working to reduce substance use among adolescents, we have the potential to significantly reduce tragic loss of life in this age group. According to the 2015 National Youth Risk Behavior Survey, about one out of three high school students have smoked cigarettes, about two out of three have consumed alcohol, and almost half have tried cannabis in their lifetimes. Additionally, many young people misuse prescription and over-the-counter drugs. We now know that the adolescent brain continues developing into the mid-20s. Teen substance use is of great concern, as research has consistently shown that alcohol and drug use can harm the developing brain. Developing teen brains are especially vulnerable to addiction. In fact, 90% of people with an addictive disorder began their use during adolescence. Pediatric clinicians have a unique opportunity to reduce harms associated with substance use. Primary care appointments provide a teachable moment in a non-judgmental healthcare context where there is a confidential and trusting relationship between clinicians and their patients that often has developed over many years of continuing care. Research has found that adolescents consider their pediatricians to be an authoritative source of health information related to alcohol and drugs, and they are receptive to discussing substance use as an important health topic. Introducing the Craft Screener. Since its development, the Craft has been validated in a number of research studies cited in over 70 publications, translated into 15 languages, and used all over the world. CRAFT is a mnemonic acronym for the key words in the six screening questions. CAR, relax, alone, forget, family, friends, and trouble. The CRAFT 2.0 
is a revised, updated, and recently revalidated version of the original craft screen. This updated version begins with three past 12 month frequency of use questions that ask about alcohol, marijuana, and other drugs. The answers that patients provide to these questions determine which of the six original craft questions should be asked. These opening questions help to shorten the screening process if there is no prior use of substances and give providers useful information about substance use levels. The Craft 2.0 is most commonly used as a self-administered tool on paper or on a computer or tablet at the beginning of a patient's appointment. The Craft 2.0 can also be asked as part of a confidential clinical interview during the visit where the clinician asks the questions. Many offices have also integrated the Craft into their electronic medical record system. Screening with the Craft 2.0 begins by discussing confidentiality, which is the key to getting adolescents to talk honestly. Assuring confidentiality as part of the visit has been found to improve the accuracy of adolescents' reports of risky behaviors. You can begin with a statement such as this. I ask all of my patients about alcohol and drug use. Anything you tell me will be kept confidential unless I think there's an immediate risk to your safety or someone else's safety. Should that happen, you and I together will talk about how to let others know about it. Most clinicians spend time alone with their adolescent patients. Clinicians ask parents to leave the room for a confidential part of the visit, usually beginning at age 12, which includes substance use screening and other confidential topics. You can introduce this with a statement such as, I'm so happy that you came in today with your child. I'm going to start the visit with both of you to discuss any concerns you may have, but then I'll have you wait outside while I spend a few minutes talking with your child alone. Just so you know, I do this with all of my adolescent patients. Some teens will bring up issues with me that they may not have shared with you. I'll always encourage your child to speak with you about concerns, and I will let you know if any serious issues arise from our conversation. Administering and Interpreting the Craft The following is a step-by-step -step approach to administering the Craft 2.0 with your patients. There are three opening frequency of use questions that ask on how many days in the past 12 months the patient has used alcohol, marijuana, or anything else to get high. Patients who answer zero to all the opening questions are asked the car question only. Have you ever ridden in a car driven by someone, including yourself, who was high or had been using alcohol or drugs? Patients who provide an answer greater than zero to any of the opening questions are asked all six craft questions. Do you ever use alcohol or drugs to relax, feel better about yourself, or fit in? Do you ever use alcohol or drugs while you're by yourself or alone? Do you ever forget things you did while using alcohol or drugs? Do your family or friends ever tell you that you should cut down on your drinking or drug use? Have you ever gotten into trouble while you were using alcohol or drugs? All patients should be asked the car question. 
We know that alcohol-associated motor vehicle crashes are a leading cause of death among adolescents. This includes accidents when a teen was driving under the influence, as well as when a teen was in a car driven by a peer or adult who was under the influence. Our research has shown that 42% of teens who report no substance use still report riding in a car with someone who has been using alcohol or drugs. Therefore, addressing riding risk is an important point of intervention that has the potential to save many young lives. The Contract for Life and Pledge for Life are brief counseling tools designed to address riding and driving risk. They can help to facilitate an open conversation between adolescents and their families related to alcohol, drugs, peer pressure, and a plan to ensure safe rides home. The Pledge for Life is specifically designed for older adolescents and their friends and families. These can be given to the patient as part of the brief counseling intervention. Each yes response to the craft questions is scored one point. The number of yes answers is the total craft score, which ranges from zero to six. A patient who is low risk reports no past 12 months use and answers no to the car question. A patient who's at medium risk reports any past 12 month substance use with a craft score of zero or one. A patient who is high risk reports any past 12 month substance use with a craft score of two or higher. A score cut point of two or higher was found to have 91% sensitivity and 93% specificity for identifying adolescents that meet criteria for a DSM-5 substance use disorder. This graph presents results of a study that examined the probability of meeting criteria for a DSM-5 substance use disorder based on an adolescent's craft score. For example, the graph shows that 79% of adolescents with a craft score of three were found to have a DSM-5 substance use disorder. This graph can be used as a visual aid for adolescents during brief counseling, and also can be a useful metric to help clinicians decide whether to refer a patient for further counseling and treatment. Brief Counseling Guide and Demonstrations. The final step is to provide brief counseling adjusted to each patient's risk level using the 5R framework. Review screening results. Recommend not to use. Riding driving risk counseling. Ask questions that elicit a self-motivational response and reinforce self-efficacy. Further assessment may include a follow-up appointment with you or referral for counseling or treatment. The 5R framework was designed and repeatedly field tested to prompt two to three minutes of brief counseling, including handing your patient the contract for life and explaining its purpose. The videos you are about to view are demonstrations by experienced pediatricians using the 5R talking points with adolescent patients during annual well care visits. The patient in the first clip reported no past year use of substances and no history of riding in a car with an impaired driver. 
this patient is low risk. For this category, first review their screen answers and explicitly state, as your doctor, my recommendation is not to drink, use marijuana, or any other drug at all because they can harm brain development, interfere with learning, and put you in situations that are embarrassing, dangerous, or worse. Then give your patient the contract for life and briefly discuss its purpose and importance. Elicit a self-motivational response from your patient by asking, if somebody asked you why you don't use marijuana or drink, what would you say? Then finally, reinforce your patient's self-efficacy by ending with a personalized, positive message. Hi, Delilah. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you again. Uh, I wanted to thank you for answering all the questions on the tablet. I reviewed the results, and I wanted to take a minute or two to go through your answers and um, ask some additional questions, if that's okay. You had mentioned that you have never used alcohol, never tried marijuana, tobacco, or any other drugs. Is that correct? Yes. Great, so I think you're making a really smart decision for yourself, and as your doctor, it's my job to recommend that you never use any substances. And the reason we end up saying that is because we know that it can affect your developing brain, it can make your IQ lower, it can interfere with learning at school, um, and it can also get you into potentially some embarrassing or even dangerous situations. So um, you're making a smart decision and keep with that. I also wanted to give you um, this, it's called the Contract for Life. Have you seen this before? No. So this is something that I want you to take home and talk to your family about, and it's an agreement that if you ever were in a situation where you had been drinking or using substances, that you would never get into a car and drive, or that you would not get into a car with someone who had been using any substances. And I like all of my patients to come up with a plan ahead of time in case you're ever in that situation. So if you're out this weekend with friends and you're at a party and there's alcohol or there are other drugs there and someone asks you why you're not using anything, what would you tell them? I would tell them that I'm very invested in my future and mm -hmm. I think that any drugs or alcohol could really be a hindrance to that. So I think that's a great response. It's perfect. And I think that a message like that would have a really positive impact on your friends as well. In the end, I just want, you know, I've known you for, I don't know, nine or ten years now, and I think you're going to go on and do amazing things. You're going to be a great piano player. You're going to go off to college, and I'm looking forward to seeing all that you're going to accomplish, and I just want to make sure that drugs and alcohol don't get in the way of any of those achievements. So if anything ever does change, you know that you can always come back and we can talk a little bit more. Otherwise, keep doing what you're doing, and I'll see you in a year. Okay, thank you. Okay, great. We recommend a similar approach for patients considered to be at medium risk. These can be patients who report no use of substances but riding in a car with an impaired driver or patients who report using substances in the past year but not in the past three months. The patient in the next clip had no previous use of substances but did report riding in a car with an impaired driver who was also a parent. Give the brief advice using the same 5R framework and, if possible, invite the parent into the exam room for an additional conversation about the contract for life and riding driving risk. Make sure to tell your patient that you'll protect the confidentiality of your conversation by saying to their parent that, I do this with all my patients. 
Isaiah, thank you for taking the time to fill this questionnaire out on the tablet. And um, I was pleased to see that in the last year you have not used marijuana, you haven't used alcohol, and you haven't used any tobacco. So that's a really smart decision all the way around. I hope you will not use any of those things in the coming years. And the reason that it's so important not to use those substances is because your brain is still developing. The really critical part of your brain that does a lot of your good thinking um, is gonna develop until you're in your mid-20s. And alcohol and marijuana can interfere with that. And also, when people do drink or smoke um, marijuana, they can make um, decisions that can be embarrassing or can be harmful for them and other people. So I really encourage you to avoid using any of those substances. Uh, one of the things that I noticed as I was reviewing well, your responses was that you've been in a car with someone who's had something to drink, alcohol, and I wondered if you could tell me a little more about that. Um, yeah, well, one night I just finished a basketball game and my mom came to pick me up, but she was coming from a party and of course she had too much to drink, so um, she drove me home, but she, she was a little drunk. And Wow, that must have been scary. Um, a little. It was a little frightening, I guess. Obviously, it's not safe to be in a car with a truck driver. Right, it's not. And one of the things that I'd like to do is to talk with you about the contract for life, which is an agreement between our patients, you in this situation, and their parents, and that you will not get in a car with anybody who's had alcohol or drugs or marijuana. The parent also, we hope, will agree that they're not going to drink or use any drugs when they're driving. And if you're in a situation where you're uncomfortable because you're at a party around people who are smoking or drinking, that you could call your parent and get a safe ride home, no questions asked. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, if you were at one of those parties, suppose one of your friends said, oh, I've got some um, beer, do you want to try it? What would you say to them? Um, well, I have no interest in alcohol, so I would decline. Well, that's another smart decision. So when you find yourself in those situations, just remember what you said here today, and um, I'm glad that you're going to make that choice. So um, it's been great to talk with you today. You're healthy. Um, you really have so much potential. You're smart. You're a really wonderful, kind person, and I hope you continue to make the good choices that you're doing taking care of yourself. And um, you know you can call me if you have questions at any point in time. And now, if it's okay with you, I'll get your mom, and then we'll talk about this contract of life together. Yeah, sure, that sounds fine. Yeah, okay. Okay, all right. Hi, thanks for coming in with us. Um, Isaiah, what a remarkable young man. He's just making good choices, smart, and seems like he's very healthy, and uh, just encourage him to keep on doing the good things he's doing to take care of himself. I talked with him about something that we are giving to families. It's called the Contract for Life. Okay. And there's a part for Isaiah to fill out and a part for you to fill out. And this is basically um, an agreement between a child and their parent that the child will avoid alcohol, drugs, tobacco, substances um, throughout their high school time and hopefully longer, and that if they are in a situation where they are in the presence of um, someone who's had any substances or alcohol to drink, uh, they will not ride in the car with them. And then for the parent, their part is to say, you know, I will love you and support you. I will come get you if you need me. It's an opportunity for parents to facilitate future communication about these important right. topics and each person's responsibility. So I'll give this actually to you because you're the patient, but I hope you'll, uh, as soon as you get home or even before, you two will uh, talk and um, you'll both be able to sign it. Any questions about that?
I don't have any questions. All right. Okay. All right. Have a good year. Stay healthy. Hope all goes well. Bye. In the video you just watched, the child reported riding in a car when his parent had been drinking. This is a serious concern. When it arises, you can elicit further information to assess safety. First, ask questions to get a sense of the frequency of this behavior and the patient's sense of security. Are there other times that your parent has driven you after drinking? Do you ever feel unsafe when your parent is drinking? Do you worry about getting hurt when your parent is drinking? The second step is to tell your patient that you would like to talk with the parent directly without breaching confidentiality. Explain that you will use the contract for life to start the conversation, stating that this is something you do with all of your patients. You can invite the patient to stay in the room by saying, my responsibility as your doctor is to make sure that you are safe. If you feel comfortable, you can stay in the room while I talk with your parent. Let your patient know that you remain available to discuss their concerns following the visit and how best to reach you. With the parent, discuss the contract for life to explore the parent's own driving and drinking behaviors. Explain that you give this to all of your patients. For parents of younger adolescents, explain that children may not fully understand the difference between social drinking and being impaired. To set a positive role model, it might be best to avoid any drinking before driving. Use a non-judgmental, non-accusatory tone, objectively sharing facts and observations. If there is concern about the imminent safety of children, this must be addressed directly and honestly with parents. You should be familiar with your own state's mandatory reporting law. Any reasonable cause to believe that a child under the age of 18 years is suffering from abuse and or neglect must be reported to Child Protective Services. Please refer to additional resources at the end of this video for further information regarding the effective approaches to address parental substance use that we have developed using recommendations from the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism and the American Academy of Pediatrics. Now we will show you a clip of brief advice for a medium risk patient who reported using substances in the past year, but not in the past three months. Go through the five R's, focusing on why they stopped using, and reinforcing that is a very good decision. Hi, Zach. Hi. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for your honest answers on the tablet. Uh, a lot of people can't, don't feel comfortable being honest with us about stuff like that. Um, it says that you've smoked some marijuana over the past year? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, about four months ago. Yeah, tell me some more about that. Well, I was just hanging with friends, and uh, it was kind of a rough day, so we all decided to relax. Okay. And was that the last time that you smoked? Yeah, it was the last time. Why haven't you smoked in four months? Uh, lacrosse season started, and I don't like to smoke then. All right. That's a partially smart decision. Uh, good job on that. Uh, I think that you're going to notice that you're going to be able to focus uh, and react better and you're going to be a better lacrosse player if you're not smoking than if you are. As your doctor, I would suggest that you not smoke marijuana or drink or use other drugs anymore and not just during the season. Smoking or drinking are going to impact your performance. They're going to cause you some uh, academic problems possibly and when we drink and use drugs we end up in situations pretty often that can be embarrassing or very dangerous. What are your plans for after the season? Well, after the season, I usually do 
smoke with my friends. Mm-hmm. Common event. Mm-hmm. Again, I'd suggest that you try not to do that. What do you think about that? Uh, I guess it sounds reasonable. Okay. Um, this is a copy of the contract for life. Have you seen this before? No. Okay. This is your promise to your parents that you're not going to uh, get in the car and accept a ride with a driver who's been drinking or smoking uh, or smoking weed or using any other drugs, uh, and that you're also not going to drive and use drugs or alcohol. Um, and it's your parents' promise to you that they'll be able to offer you a safe ride home anytime that you need it. You haven't smoked for the past four months. What if you were in a situation with your friends and, and somebody had some marijuana and started to smoke during the season? What would you tell them? Uh, well, we have a policy at school. You get kicked off the team if you caught smoking. So I really don't want to miss this season. It's important. One of the last few I can play. I've known you for a long time and I know how important lacrosse is to you and your schoolwork. And I think that you've made a good choice for the season. And I hope you can stick with that choice and I hope that you won't go back to smoking marijuana after the season ends. You're a good student and you're a good lacrosse player. And you're just going to notice that you're going to be a better student or lacrosse player if you can stop smoking marijuana. Okay. Well, good luck. Thank you. The next scenario provides an example of a high-risk patient who reported use of substance in the past three months. They also reported riding in a car with an impaired driver and using substances to relax, giving a craft total score of two. Go through the five R's and then ask if they would be willing to come back for a follow-up visit in about a month. If they agree, ask if they could try not using any substances from now until their next appointment. Orly, thank you very much for filling out this uh, tablet questionnaire, and I really appreciate your honesty with these answers. As I was reviewing it, I noticed that you have, in the last three months, smoked marijuana, and that you've used it primarily to relax, and also that you've ridden in a car with someone who had either smoked or consumed alcohol. Can you tell me a little more about those things? When do you smoke, and how much do you smoke? Um, So I smoke on the weekends, usually, and we just, like, share a few joints. And who's driving when you're in the... Like, my boyfriend drives me to the parties usually, and then we both get high. Have you thought of not using alcohol or, um, uh, or more importantly, marijuana when you're at those parties? I don't know. I always just smoke. Uh, well, that's a bit of a concern. I'm concerned about you because that can be actually be very dangerous. For people to be driving um, after they've smoked. It can impair their judgment, it can impair their ability to make quick decisions, and sometimes they do things that are embarrassing and they are sorry about afterwards, and sometimes those have really bad consequences. Marijuana use for somebody your age can be a problem. Uh, your brain is still developing and marijuana use can interfere with that. If people are using marijuana to be more relaxed, it may seem in the short term that it's relaxing, but it can have a rebound effect where people are even more anxious and it can trigger some really big anxiety um, responses. And I would hope that you could think about some other ways to relax besides smoking marijuana. Do you have any ideas what that might be? I mean, I guess I could go on a run or something. That's true. If you're feeling stressed, you know, yoga, running, talking with friends, listening to music. And when you're at a party um, and you're feeling anxious or stressed, um, what do you think you could do instead of smoking? Um, I guess, like, 
at a party. I don't know, just hang out. Right, or, you know, figure out who else is not smoking and talk to them. What are you going to say when your friends say, why aren't you smoking? What do you think you could say? I mean, I guess I would just tell them that it doesn't feel good to smoke. Okay. I don't want to. All right. That's great. It's super important to have another way to deal with the stress besides smoking. And um, I uh, will uh, help you think of other solutions for that. And uh, we can try it for a month and you can come back and see me and let me know how things went. And if things went great, great. And if there were some difficulties, we can talk about that so that that uh, doesn't continue to be difficult for you. Does that sound like you could do that? Yeah. All right. Well, on that same line, I have this um, contract for life, which I give to all my patients. And it is a contract between my patient, that would be you, young person, and your parents. And it could even be an agreement between you and your boyfriend um, saying that you're not going to drive a car or be in a car with anybody who's had some alcohol or any drugs. If you were in a situation where you um, were uh, feeling unsafe that the person who was going to be driving you home from a party had had something to smoke or drink, you would call your parents. They would come pick you up. No questions asked. And their part of this contract is to agree to that, that they won't smoke and drink if or drink if they're going to be driving, and that they would pick you up if you texted and said you needed a ride. I was thinking since your boyfriend's um, the person who's currently giving you the rides, maybe you could even share this with him. And, uh, you know, my doctor wants me to stop for a month or whatever you want to say, and can you, you know, not drink and drive or not smoke and drive? So that's something you could do if you wanted to. I'm going to give you this, and you can share this with your parents. You um, have been taking good care of yourself in so many ways, you know, your nutrition and your exercise and your sleep and all those things. So this is one more super important um, area that you can work on. And um, you've got so much potential. I really hope that you take the right things to help you maximize that. Okay, I'll see you in a month. You can make an appointment at the desk. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Hi, Orly. Welcome back. How are you today? Good. Good. Thanks. I think we're going to talk about uh, marijuana. How's it been for you for the last month? Um, it's been good. I haven't smoked. That is great. You haven't smoked at all in the past month? Nope. Congratulations. May I shake your hand? <laughs> no, that's really great. So how did you do that? Um, I don't know. I thought it would be hard at first. Mm -hmm. I did go to a party, but I got through without smoking. Okay, that's really good. Did you miss it, or how was the party without smoking? I mean, it was fine. I didn't really miss it. Okay, good. What did you tell your friends? Did they even ask? Yeah, they asked. I told them that I just don't feel good when I'm smoking, and I don't really want to anymore. Okay, well, that's. Um, I'm glad that you can say that, and they heard that, and I'm glad that you were able to follow through with that. How did your boyfriend respond to this? Um, he's okay with it. I mean, he's going to keep smoking, but we agreed that he wouldn't drive me while he's under the influence, so. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It's definitely a safe decision, and um, I'm really, really proud of you. So, um, good. All right, do you think you can continue not to smoke? Still mm -hmm. make that decision? Yeah. All right, well then, um, I think you can too. So I wish you the best with this. If you have any questions or want to talk more about it, you know that you can call here or make another appointment. But this is really great. You should be really proud of yourself and good luck with continuing that. Thank you. To access the Craft 2.0, please visit our website at www.craft.org. There you'll find both the clinician-administered interview and the self-administered questionnaire translated into a variety of languages.
You will also find instructions on how to order laminated pocket craft cards and how to reproduce the craft as a reprint in another publication or to include in your practices in counterforms or electronic health record. Always feel free to email us at craft at childrens.harvard.edu. Thank you. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org. 